Welcome to the Beyond the Test podcast, where we connect you with professionals who are innovating their industry and share their stories of passion, self-awareness, and pursuing their dreams to learn what it takes to succeed in work and life beyond the test. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Beyond the Test podcast. If you're new to the show, we're your hosts, Michael Cohen, the tech rabbi, and Ara Manzano, 11th grade student at Eula Boys High School. As director of innovation at Eula Boys High School, this podcast was created as a response to a void that Ariel noticed. I noticed that you can find podcasts if you work in industries like marketing, real estate, or finance. But what about if you don't know what you want to do? This is the podcast for you. Whether you're a high school student or someone still searching for that dream profession, we hope the conversations here with our amazing guests will inspire you to think beyond the test. Our guest today is the Chief Marketing Officer at Doghead Simulations, a virtual reality meeting software company. Her previous social media software company, Meshfire, was ranked by VentureBeat as a number one and number two best in social media management software. She was featured as number two out of 50 most influential CMOs on social media by Forbes, top 100 CMOs on Twitter by Social Media Marketing Magazine, and 30 Under 30 in 425 Magazine. We welcome Amber Osborne to the show today. Amber, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. So we're going to start off with the first question, which is generally just to give our listeners just a little background about you, about your Per, about your professional journey because lots of teenagers think that you go to college you get one job and that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life <laughs> that's definitely not true <laughs> um, my my background is uh quite all over the place so i come from a, a very small town in florida called newport ritchie and it's a little bit outside of uh tampa florida and growing up in a small town, you know, I always had that urge to to move elsewhere and to do big things, you know, to maybe one day go to New York City and, and work there. But uh, as most kids in high school, I had no idea where I wanted to go in life. Um, I think the most I was just focusing on is, you know, trying to keep my grades up and, you um, be a good student, as, as, most, as most kids try to do. Um, but growing up in a small town, it was interesting. Um, uh, I didn't do a lot of extracurricular activities. I wasn't really involved much in, in school. Um, but I had a lot of friends that um, were like, hey, you know, uh, we're, starting a, <laughs> we're starting a band. Um, do you want to help us out do some, you know, do some promotions and some flyering around school for our band. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, these, you know, these flyers aren't the best, you know, can I help you maybe redesign them and, and put them together. So I started doing a little bit of graphic design and I, I got really interested in um, graphic design classes in high school. Cause we were lucky enough to have them at my school. And uh, that's when I kind of realized I started getting into marketing um, after doing you know, working, working with bands and stuff during high school, local bands, little tiny bands. 
But uh, after going to so many concerts, I started meeting people and meeting people that were in like the real music industry, like actually worked with record companies and, and bigger bands. And this was in the early 2000s. I think I was 14 or 15. And um, yeah, I just started, I, I just you know, started working uh, for some of the venues and seeing if they needed any help promoting any bands that were coming through. When I was 16, I got my first job in the record industry. So as a, you know, actually paid and not employee, but it was a like contract doing street teaming where you would go out and um, hand out stickers and flyers and work with the venues. And I moved up to working with the artists uh, directly. So for like meet and greets where you would go meet with the artist and have fan, uh, uh, fan community sessions. And I started doing social media marketing um, for a, a lot of big national bands in the early 2000s. Um, so, yeah, so I spent a lot of my high school, <laughs> um, uh, you know, having having to get to school a little bit later because I was out, you know, pretty late at night getting back from um, concerts and such. But what I learned from this is, you know, all my friends in high school were like, can you get me backstage? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, well, not really. <laughs> but um, I just learned so much at that time in, in high school about um, you know, marketing and about how the music business worked. And, uh, you know, also kind of, it gave me a direction in life, um, even in high school, just taking like little side gigs. Um, you know, all my friends were working at, at the mall and I was, I felt like I was actually making steps towards whatever my career wanted to be in the future. That's great. I, I think I, I love how you have this this sort of multi-stage journey. And, and that really answers the question because the students that are, they, they have this, everyone has this, this creative process that, that's in them and they just don't know how to cultivate it. They don't know how to bring it out. And that that creates this sort of struggle as they, well, well, this seems like a good job or I can make money here or, or here. And, and they, they see things very linear. So, it, you know, the question I want to hear from you uh, is, you know, how do you use creative thinking in a way that people aren't? And, and what strategies do you employ in your profession that you feel uh, makes you stand out? I mean, Forbes, Forbes ranks you as you know, one of the top chief marketing officers uh, in, in the industry. And that, that's a pretty, uh, you know, pretty big deal. So I, I'm sure there's something that you, that you that you're doing. Yeah, there's a, that was when, when that came out. I'm like, do they have the right person? <laughs> like, is, is, this, is this really happening? Um, but how I got to that point, again, as most social CMO is, you know, going back to creative processes, you know, when you're in high school, you have so much pressure from your parents and from your teachers and from your, your peers. Um, and uh, trying to, trying to number one, figure out who you are as, as a person at that time is, is hard enough, but trying to figure out what you want to do after high school is another thing. You know, you, you go to your career counselors and you talk to them, but still you kind of feel something inside of you. That's, um, you know, your, your creative process of going, all right, 
what do I, what do I want to do after high school? What am I passionate about now? And even, even back when I was in high school, um, you know, most of my friends and, you know, my, my parents and my, my siblings were like, you know, why don't you, why don't you go get a real job and take, you know, take a retail gig. And at the time I was like, you know, I could be, if you, you know, again, if you have to take a, a retail job, I think everybody should take a retail job at least once in their life. Um, it teaches you a lot about uh, people and a lot about customer service as well. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I was like, no, there was just that creative, I was more of a creative type and I wanted to do something. I loved music. So at the time I thought, you know, oh yeah, I'm already, I'm already kind of working in the music industry. Maybe this is where I want to stay. No, I didn't end up there. Um, So you never know where your journey is going to take you. Even if you think you already have it all figured out in high school, like you have a plan and you say, I'm going to go to this university and I'm going to do this. Um, You have to be, I would say 80% committed in your mind because that other percentage is still going to be like, uh, I might want to do something else. Um, so that's why after, after high school, I went to community college for about, I would say about three years to kind of figure myself out, um, on exactly where I wanted to go because at eight, at the age of 18, um, I decided that, you know, the music business wasn't exactly cut out for what I wanted to do. Um, I, you know, I just had that kind of feeling in my gut. Like I, I loved working in music and with concerts, but you know, it was, it was exhausting and um, it, it just didn't feel right. Like it didn't feel like that's the path I wanted to take. Um, so yeah, I went to community college for three years, did really great. Like that's when I, cause I mean, honestly, I barely, I barely graduated high school. I think I graduated with a 2.0 or whatever. <laughs> Again, I was working towards my career, so I did have somewhat of an excuse. Um, but, uh, when I was in college, that's when I really straightened up, you know, I had straight A's even in math, which was not my favorite subject. Um, but I really buckled down and I really focused for my studies um, and, you know, was in honor programs, presidents of every, every club, um, worked in student activities, worked uh, for volunteer organizations and the college. And I just, I really, you know, I, I was like, you know, this is, this is college. I, this is, this is my, this means everything, you know, this, and, you know, you're paying a lot for it too. So, you know, you want to make sure you do your best. And another reason why I think in, you know, in my later years in high school and college, um, I, I got inspired from some of the teachers, I would say I, I, um, uh, had over the years in, in high school um, and they were like, you know, you're really talented with, with writing. Um, my AP lit teacher, she was fantastic. She kind of really pushed me into doing more, um, content creation. We didn't call it content creation at the time. Blogs were just starting to come out. There was, there was hardly any podcasts, you know, YouTube was just starting to come out. I know. Right. And, uh, 
yeah, they're just like, you know, you're really great at content writing. And I was just like, yeah, but I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to write books. You know, I, I have a blog at the time on live journal and I'm like, I, there's no, I can't really see a career out of that. Well, little did I know this thing called Twitter was going to be coming out um, in the next couple of years. And that was my, uh, my jumping point. Um, because after college, I found myself without a job, as many people in college do. Even though I took internships, uh, I worked for the college when I went to uh, University of Tampa, because I did go to a two-year university after community college. And uh, I, you know, I found myself going, okay, I, I have student loan debt now, and uh, I, I need to find a job. And I was in uh, a new a new town. I moved to Greenville, South Carolina, and uh, it was it was some of the roughest years of my life. You know, it was it was hard because I was not able to find a job there. I had no network. I didn't know anybody. I really didn't have any friends. So I started using Twitter of all things to network and networking on Twitter, you know, I was meeting business professionals and asking them questions that of kind of like the industries maybe I wanted to get into. Again, I really wasn't sure on what I wanted to do with my life. Um, I was starting up a blog, uh, like a more formal blog on um, uh, just being a little bit different because at the time I was, you know, six foot tall, um, young woman with bright blue hair living in Greenville, South Carolina. So it was, uh, it was just kind of documenting my experiences and sharing some inspirational posts about, you know, how to stay motivated when you don't have a job, because at the time, a lot of people were unemployed and, uh, just journeying, uh, just journaling my, my journey through, um, this very weird time in my life after college, uh, and using Twitter to network and to promote my blog, uh, was, I didn't know it at the time, but probably the most powerful thing I could have done. Um, I met fantastic people who brought me to conferences and, you know, had me speak at conferences and got me onto panels because I asked. And that's the thing is, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunities out there if you just ask. It's scary. <laughs> Trust me, it's scary, especially when there's somebody that you admire and you read all of their work or, you know, uh, you look up to them professionally and you ask them like, hey, you know, um, is there, a, do you know if I could get a ticket or where I could get a ticket? I don't have much money. Um, and going to conferences and events was was a huge eye opener to me of like, okay, there's a huge world out there and there's lots of possibilities um, for what I want to do with my career. And I've seen people that were speaking and making money speaking. I went, oh, maybe I want to do that. Uh, you know, maybe I, I want to be a professional writer, professional blogger at the time. Um, and yeah, it's no, just none of that, none of those pieces fit. Um, and my, my next step of the journey was, was really kind of what catapulted me into where I am today in marketing. I think that's great. You talked about how you were really um, encouraged by your AP Lit teacher and how she really, she told you about 
um, creative content. And, and over here in school, we have a lot of teachers who do communicate and who are great mentors. But then there are also... Teachers also sometimes undervalue the idea of communication skills between student and student, and especially verbal and visual communication skills. Can you weigh in on why these skills are more important than ever in the world of work? Oh, I mean, right now, if I could go back to high school, um, I think I would have taken more opportunities to work with my peers, to work with other students. Uh, because especially right now, students have such an opportunity for co- to collaborate in ways they never have before, you know, through using groups on social media, through um, just in-person um, uh, meetups and, and being able to um, get the skills of, oh man, I wish I went back and was able to um, you know, do more, do more public speaking to my peers, um, in high school, um, you know, debate clubs, things like that. Cause those skills I wish I had when I got, you know, into college, when I, when even just going for job interviews. So I think there's a lot of opportunity to communicate with your peers and to find your people maybe that have some of the same passions, that you have um, just by using either groups on Facebook or any kind of internal groups that maybe your high school has um, out, you know, outside of sports or, you know, even if you like sports, um, just finding your people because those, you know, back, back when um, I was in high school, I think the people that I uh, socialized with the most were people who were really into music and I didn't realize it at the time that we all had that commonality. And I think all of us kind of pushed our talents on each other and supported each other without even knowing it. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think just, you know, visually um, as, as being a student to student, you know, showing other people what their talents are. Cause you know, you might have a kid in one of your classes that is very shy about what they're passionate about, you know, but maybe one time they start singing in the hallway, you know, they get that bout of confidence. You see what their talents are. If you see somebody with talents in your school and again, they might be really shy about it. Just go up to them and say like, Hey, like I heard you. That was awesome that will stick in their mind forever. (laughs) Like I remember one time um, when I had uh, some peers read some of my writing and we're just like, this is amazing. This should really, you should write a book. Like you've had such a weird life. You should write a book. You know, you're really talented writer. And that stuck with me. Um, And I'm sure that person has already forgot about it. You know what they said to me, but that's just stuck with me. And that really motivated and pushed me um, to, to do more writing and to do more of that. 
You know, it's it's interesting. That, you know, the, you touch on on the collaboration piece, and that's that's a big thing that that I'm seeing that students need to not just understand the difference between cooperative versus collaborative learning, but also just the way that that technology has evolved our ability to connect with people beyond our community, beyond the four walls of the space that we're in. You had mentioned earlier how uh, the success of, of your use of social media really gave you an opportunity to start to uh, evolve your, your profession, find a job, find new opportunities. And since you do work for a technology company, virtual reality company, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on you know, the next three to five years of where technology is at, because the students that are listening to this right now, they have technology at their fingertips and they don't know what it's like to have a Nokia phone that the only thing you can do on a phone call is play Snake, Snake right? Snake, so, yeah. <laughs> so they, don't, they, they just know that there's an iPhone or a Samsung or a Google Pixel. And, and just what, what do you see? Because they need to start to understand that beyond their social and entertainment experiences, there's some really powerful tools at their fingertips that are giving them incredible opportunities. Oh, a- abs- absolutely. Um, wow. If I had a smartphone when I was in high school or college, I think things would be much, uh, I, I would have been uh, elevated for success. Um, outside of just, you know, outside of just smartphones, I believe that uh, the technology that we have, uh, social media, um, allows us to get outside of our bubbles. So outside of our schools, outside of our universities, um, and connect with people beyond those, those realms. And I mean, right now, I mean, I work, I work for a virtual reality company um, where we specialize in doing collaboration software. So you can have business meetings or classrooms, but it, it, it's, it's bringing people together. Um, <laughs> we use it, we use it a lot with colleges and we use it. So there's some high schools that use this as well. And what they're seeing there, you know, people are able to uh, students and other people are able to collaborate uh, outside of their schools with other students um, and be able to interact. So I believe technology in the next, you know, three to four years is going to be enhanced with more immersion so that we can connect with networks outside of just, you know, our bubbles. Cause it, again, like if you're, if you were like me in a, in a little small town in Florida where, you know, everybody knew everybody's business and it was very, it was very hard to connect with people outside of our town because at the time, you know, we didn't have cars. I mean, yes, they still existed. I'm not that old. Um, but, but uh, you know, we, we didn't have methods of getting to places, but now you can just pick up a, you know, a smartphone and uh, get on social media. And then there's ride share apps um, as well, uh, you know, I think you have to be 18, 16 or so to use rideshare apps. But still, we, there's ways to, um, you know, carpool and get around like we never, we never had before when we were kids. So, I mean, if I have to give one piece of advice as far as using technology is like use it to network, um, use it to meet uh, 
people that are doing projects that maybe you find interesting. There's hackathons if you're into that. You know, there's all kinds of events. They might even be, you know, adult uh, age events, you know, professional events. But just just email the organizers and be like, hey, you know, I'm a student. I would like to attend. Um, just meet people outside of your age range as well. Um, people that are doing the things that you you want to do in life. Um, yeah, I think it is important to interact with other people outside of your little bubble, whether it's in school or in the community. But also I want to talk about how in high school nowadays, failure is something that people are afraid of. And really for you, I just want to know what failure looks like and if it's something people should be afraid of. So failure, failure is one of those things that every time I wake up in the morning, because I've been in startups probably for the last eight years, and it's, it's all in, it's that, it's that, it's that monster, you know, over your bed at night, basically not allowing you to sleep. So everything, um, you know, is, is pretty saturated in, in failure. And I think you, you kind of get used to it, but at the same time, um, you know, it kind of makes you feel like a little bit of a warrior because <laughs> you fail, you fail a lot in life, um, just in general, but in business, you know, if you start a business or you start a project and things aren't going, I think you know, it's just up to your mindset. You know, you can be positive about failure or you can be negative about failure. Um, my biggest failure story, uh, my previous company, um, Meshfire, that is the reason why I moved to Seattle from Florida about six years ago. Um, you know, we had it, it was an AI uh, machine learning for social media. So it would pick out uh, different terms on Twitter and help you filter it down. Uh, it was helping against uh, harassment and abuse. Some of the things that Twitter is working on right now. And at the, I think we were just way too ahead of our time <laughs> is, is what happened. And, you know, you know, money ran out and things like that. Um, you know, there wasn't any of the, uh, the social network Facebook drama that you see, you know, not all startups are like that. Trust me. But we failed and it sucked. <laughs> it really did. You know, it, it, it was painful to go to our customers who loved us so much and say, Hey, we're shutting down. Um, it was hard to go to our investors and go, Hey, um, you know, we have to close our doors. Um, and it was hard because it was also some, it was, I was a co-founder, you know, I felt all the responsibility in the world, um, for this product. And, uh, you know, it was, you can't exactly pinpoint the reason why you fail at something sometimes, but it's just this overwhelming feeling of like, uh, like, okay. I thought it was going to be much worse than it actually was. <laughs> and that's the weird thing about failure um, some of us, not everybody, but when you have a huge failure in your life, um, I take it as a, as an opportunity as more doors opening because over that five or six years of being and working 
on a product and, and being, you know, in a more executive role, which I never had in my life. I learned a lot. I learned so much. I learned how to work with customers. I worked how to, I learned how to, you know, market a product. I learned how to build a product. I learned how to, you know, work with machine learning and AI. Um, I learned a little bit about programming, not too much. You can ask my developers that I work with. Um, it was it's a completely different world for me. But yeah, I, I learned so much in that, you know, five or six years. So it wasn't exactly a failure. <laughs> you know, yes, the product failed, but what I got from the whole experience was not a failure. So that's how you have to look at failure. Anything in your life is what you learn from that experience and move on. You know, you can sit on your failures and go, you know, oh, woe is me. I'm so depressed. You know, I'm, I'm out of money. Um, or you can move on and you can take the, that experience and those skills that you've learned from that failure and put it into something else. Yeah, I think that that failure piece is it's always, uh, you know, it's a lifelong journey. One of the things that, that I was introduced to a few years ago was this this acronym fail first attempt in learning. And it for whatever reason, it just kind of bothered me because it's, it's not just about like, oh, you try and you learn there, there's a, there's a key component of failure that I think is, is really important for students to be introduced to. And that's reflection. So I was looking at the word failure and I saw that it's first attempt in learning unless reflection exists. So as you described sort of at the tail end of that question is that you didn't look at it as a failure because the product didn't work out, but the experiences and the new insights that you had, you were able to leverage for things in the future. Absolutely. Um, and also, you know, I'm still, I'm still pretty young. My, I'm still pretty young myself. I'm, you know, I'm 33. Um, I got started in technology when I was in my mid twenties and there's been, there's been a lot of fail. There's been a lot of failures, you know, not just at work, but, you know, with friends, relationships, you know, just, just everything that you could think in, in life because of, you know, what I wanted to do in my career and, um, taking big risks. You know, I moved from Florida to C to Seattle, um, with two suitcases <laughs> and it's, it was scary. It was really scary, but I, you know, all of those little failures and all of those risks that I I've taken and went, okay, I'm just going to go do it, uh, has led me to where I am today. Um, at, at 33 and every time someone I know around me is just, you know, oh, you know, I just lost my job or I'm starting a new chapter in life and I don't know how this is going to go. I just say, you know, if you feel it in your gut that this is something you want to work on or something you want to do and you're really passionate about it, try it out. You know, if it doesn't work, then all right, let's figure out how to do the next thing. I think that's great advice. So we're on to our last question. We, we start the podcast with a question and we end it with a question. And this question is beyond the test. What is the one skill or area of knowledge that high schoolers need to have to be successful in the world of work? Ah, uh, there's so many. <laughs> there's so many. Uh, but I think if I just overall, again, if I could go back to high school, um, and I could choose one skill 
to start to work on. Um, it's communication uh, and communicating with people and also how you represent yourself. So not exactly branding yourself. Um, it's more about how people see you. And especially nowadays with social media and everything, if I have to say one piece of advice, you know, it's just look at your social media profiles and how you're presenting yourself to the world and how you want to present yourself to the world. Um, because nowadays, you know, future employers will find that stuff. Um, and, you know, you have to learn how, how to network with people and, and using other social media tools like LinkedIn, um, people, you know, are going to find your, your Facebook and they're going to find things like that. And if, if I had, I mean, I, even when I went back to some of my old social media, like my old MySpace, my old live journal, I deleted all of it. Cause I was just like, oh man, this isn't me, <laughs> you know? Um, but I had that luxury to do so. Um, because MySpace went bye-bye for a while and took everything with it. So, you know, there were, I didn't have anything out there anyways that was too incriminating. But still, you know, watch out for your party photos. Watch out for things like that. But yeah, communicate. communication is a huge skill. Uh, public speaking um, is awesome. And uh, also just, you know, learning how to network and, and learning how to um, uh, just get out there and take those risks as well. I think a, a little bit more courage because, oh man, if, if I could go back to, if I could really just, you know, time travel and go back to high school, um, I would just realize how much everything I did in high school um, really did matter. It really did matter. You know, I didn't have the best grades, but I took the time to talk to the teachers that I really admired, you know, I thought they were really cool teachers and really cool people. And, you know, just ask some questions and it just did really good in their classes. And just really, I think, um, use them as mentors. Um, find your mentors. If it's another student that's doing something really cool, if it's doing another teacher. Again, it's all communication and networking. Start in, start in high school. Well, thank you so much, Amber, for sharing your insights. We really appreciate it. And thank you. Yeah, thank you. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends. If you could rate and subscribe in iTunes, that would be amazing. For sneak peeks and to recommend the guest, follow us on Instagram at Beyond the Test Podcast. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening and thinking Beyond the Test.